your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture With Stick Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast for whom the fight has only just begun Brought to you by Paradise Brothel in Sheffield Located just underneath the Holiday Inn. Guaranteed to put some steel in your trousers. <laughs> That's nice. a real brothel, by the Brilliant. way, listeners. Um, it is. While recently... Yeah, James Cable's an authority on that. Um, while, recently, <laughs> while recently in Sheffield, I managed to accidentally park outside it while struggling to find the accidentally. entrance. Uh, I was with my girlfriend, yeah, so that would have been pretty entrance. brazen. Struggling to find the entrance to what? Uh, the brothel? No, to so the Holiday Inn. A vagina. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think uh. if I'd meant to be there, it would have been pretty, uh, pretty brazen of me, considering my girlfriend was in the car with me. But um, yeah, maybe you just like, maybe you just both like strippers. Yeah, and yeah. As a ruffle. coincidence, I, on the same day, I was in a taxi, and my friend mentioned we were just driving, we were going through Sheffield in a taxi. And my friend mentioned a sex shop which used to be somewhere we were driving past. And the taxi driver started talking about the brothels and like how he taxied girls to the paradise brothel or whatever. Um, so yeah, it definitely exists. Oh, what's the um, clientele like? Uh, Apparently, paradise is the one with the, the attractive. Um, okay. Well, I, uh, so it's quite highbrow. I can tell you that the guys we saw coming out were not classy gentlemen. They looked really, really, <laughs> they looked really, really hammered, and then they got into a van and then drove off. Uh, All yeah, right. <laughs> No one classy has ever driven a van. This is true. <laughs> Definitely true. <laughs> right, anyway. Oh, on that note... Uh, so, what, so what's with... the deal you've got with them, Al, before you move on? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. The so oh. the guy managed to... I, I talked to the taxi driver and I said, um, do you know how to get to the Holiday Inn? And he said, well, your car's not safe here for a start. You've parked outside a brothel. Um, <laughs> um, if you give me a fiver, I'll, you can follow me to Holiday Inn. Uh, it was like a minute drive, so it was a total rip-off, but uh, I just paid it anyway. Because I was just sick of being lost in Sheffield at that point. <laughs> right. But, what, but what are, uh, what's Paradise Brothel giving us in return for the sponsorship? Oh, what are they giving us? Sorry, I misunderstood. Right. Uh, yeah, it's 10% off. <laughs> 10% off your first shag when you mention stick around at the door. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. I'll try that later. Um, <laughs> right, we're here with um, TV shows episode eighteen. What a start! Um, it's uh, the special top fives episode. Um, I'm here with you've already heard James Cable sat right next to me. I'm just trying to hold it together here. <laughs> um, David Peeling Hello not sat right next to me. <laughs> Hello there. And Alex Wayne also not sat right no, next to me. No, I'm not. <clears throat> Hello. Um, how are we all? Are we all uh, well? Al, how's things in Stockton without us being near Stockton? Um, yeah, it's it's holding together remarkably well considering <laughs> you're quite far away. Um, <laughs> yeah, doing well. Yeah. What's the number one brothel called <laughs> in Stockton? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I think generally Stockton's oh, not yeah, classy yeah. enough to have a uh, a brothel. I think Stockton <laughs> just has streetwalkers. Isn't it just a no, right. in Stockton? Isn't it just a particular section of Booker Cash and Carry? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, dear me, Dave, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Have 
almost exactly no prostitute related anecdote, I'm afraid. <laughs> Disappointing. I know. But fair enough. Been a shit week. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna cable. Um, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm you, good. You solved prostitute anecdotes. Um, well, I'm fine. No prostitutes though. Didn't even know this parallel place existed, so I've had. There's, the other, there's apparently another sure. one in Sheffield called... What's it called? Someone's an expert. I don't know what it's called, but it's, it was featured on some Channel 4 TV programme. What's it called? You, you, I'm sure we've talked about this, Clive. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> there's, there's some, so. Apparently there's some TV programme like which like, goes on about this... Oh, Sheffield City Sauna. Um, which goes on about these um, horrific brothel people. <laughs> apparently brothel apparently people. it's a horrendous, horrendous TV programme. But seeing as there are TV shows, it's relevant. It is relevant, yeah. yeah. Let's see if it makes an appearance in James Cable's top five. Um, let's get cracking. We're going to start with... I think we're doing our fives and fours t- together in sort of a tradition yeah. of the films ones. Did you, um, me- did, you start... actually, did you actually mention that we're doing top fives? I did, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. Obviously you weren't listening. Yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too, busy looking up, too busy looking up stocks and brothels. It's a slick operation. <laughs> what a pro. Uh, James Cable, do you want to get us started? All right. <clears throat> okay, so... Top fives, and I'm going to jump in with number five, Atlanta. Um, so this is the Golden Globe-winning American comedy drama series, which was cre- created and starring Donald Glover. Um, Donald Glover also plays Troy in Community. Um, he's Childish Gambino, who's a rapper and musician, and he's going to be Young Lando in the upcoming Star Wars uh, film in tw- 2018. Um, this show won the best TV series, musical or comedy, um, for the Golden Globes, and it won Donald Glover won best actor for TV series, musical, musical or comedy. So it's obviously critically acclaimed. Uh, it's about two cousins navigating the way in, in the Atlanta Atlanta rap scene uh, in an effort to improve their lives. It's very much a passion project for Donald Glover, and it's his way of showcasing his unique brand of humour. Uh, it's very cinematic. It's very beautifully produced. It's ambitious. Um, the ambition is obviously in the title, you know, it's not just about characters, it's about the whole city, but it's even more ambitious than that. It's about, well, they make many timely, incisive observations, not only about the rap scene or Atlanta, but or about what it's about to be black, but on modern society and the world as a whole. It manages to stay a lot, say a lot without being one of those shows which is all about saying something. Um, it does these things in a way not too dissimilar to shows such as Master of None and love and similar ones such as those but it's pipped them to the post in my list um because of how it does how it does it in such a unique um completely different way to what i've seen before it's refreshing um and it's hard for me to say just how quite uh, just quite how it's refreshing um because it's i don't know it's hard to pinpoint but it's it's just the way that it tackles everything it does it in a way i've not seen before and it gives it gives off this sense of mystery and intrigue uh, and I think more than any show that I've watched in 2016, um, it's left me wanting more because I feel like it only touched on the surface of what it wants to do and what it could be. And I find that very exciting. And yeah, that's not that's why it's my number five. Sweet. Atlanta. I wonder if um, Donald Glover will be the first to appear on a top five in each of our topics because ah. probably album, film. He could, well, yeah. If... In With next year, if uh, that's good. Yeah. And this TV show, so he just needs to write a book now and make a game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or, or like voice acting. Or a game, like voice acting a game. Yeah, I reckon he's odds on for being the first. Anyway, yeah. Carry on, Cable. This sounds very good. Well, that's number my four. number. 
Oh, we're doing five and four. I thought we could do, but it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah let's do we? it. Let's do it. Okay, I'm my number, my number four is Westworld. Westworld is American science fiction western thriller TV show created by Jonathan Nolan um, and Lisa Joy for HBO. Uh, it's based on the 1973 film of the same name. It takes place in a fictional world known as Westworld, or a fictional place known as Westworld, which is um, a technolo- technologically advanced Wild West-themed amusement park, which is populated by androids, which are called hosts. Um, it caters for high-paying visitors. may indulge in whatever they want, basically, within the park without retaliation, so they inevitably ends up them just shagging and killing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it has amazing visuals, a great soundtrack, a gripping story, and fantastic acting. Without going into too much detail, it's the old sentient robots versus hum- human storyline, but with a Wild West twist. Uh, it balances intelligent, enthralling drama with absolute outrageous madness. Um, it tackles moral questions that we face today um, with some attention, um, not just with our use of technology, but in how to be decent humans generally. Um, explore, it explores ex- existential concerns. It's full of religious imagery. It ignites intrigue in the exploration of themes such as free will and our place in the universe. Uh, and more than any of that, it's just a really, really addictive show. Um, I liken it to sort of Game of Thrones in, in that week by week, um, I was looking forward to the next episode and discussing it with my friends and theorizing about what it meant after each episode and when I started making this list, it was probably at number two, but it's been beaten to the higher spots by some great competition. I've heard some mixed reviews of Westworld. I've heard some people say they stopped following it because it didn't make any sense. It didn't make sense towards the end, or that the characters weren't likable, or that it was just a load of violence and sex for the sake of it, which I don't fully agree with. But I do think that what it what it is is it's a show which is going for that sort of mystery box drama type of show, much like um, Lost sort of started off, and to some extent what Game of Thrones does, and a lot of other shows, and in in that sense it's possibly not that original, but it's a fantastic watch, and I really loved it, so that's why it's number four. Cool, this is one I wanted to watch, (coughs) along with many things, but this one in particular, because it's uh, quite gamey, isn't it? Yeah, sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Have either of you watched this yet? Yes, I've watched it all. Not going to say okay. any more than that, right? Okay. No, I've not. No, not yet. I was. Uh, I was going to say that in my review, I I realised looking back that I've not watched almost any of the big ticket shows this year, and I've still got a great long list to have to try and get through. But um, yeah, I will watch Westworld absolutely. Yeah, you should. Cool. Um, Al, let's move around to you. Right. Okay. Well, the first one I'm going <clears throat> to talk about is one that we haven't actually mentioned on the show yet. And it was recommended by uh, one of our listeners. It's 3%, which is a Netflix Ooh. exclusive um, drama series. Uh, Portuguese language, but Brazilian made. It's created uh, by someone called Pedro Aguilera. And it stars various people who, unless you're familiar with Brazilian drama, you won't have heard of. But I'll mention names anyway. Bianca Comparato and Jose Miguel. I won't give away too much with it, but... Um, it's a very intense sci-fi series made on what I gather is a fairly small budget but still looks sumptuous. It's set in an alternative reality in which um, most of society is living in poverty, at least in Brazil, and 3% live off the coast on what's called the offshore. 
every year, uh, anybody who turns 20 gets the opportunity to go and live in the offshore by competing in a series of almost Hunger Games-style tests, although not quite as um, sort of gladiatorial. Um, the main character, we follow kind of six main characters as they try to make their way through these series of tests. Uh, each of them has their own series of motives as to why they're there. For instance, without revealing who, at least one of them is a resistance operative who's trying to um, kind of use espionage to get inside the offshore in order to bring it down. Uh, one of whom is a criminal who's escaping uh, from other criminals. Uh, various reasons. Um, it's riveting and it's um, it, for me it's sci-fi at its best. It's believable yet it's quite alien. And it kind of explores morality on a very complex level. And um, I think any show in which your opinions on the characters can change from week to week without feeling cheated, without feeling like the writers are just, you know, writing complete about turns, is um, highly impressive to me. Um, I loved it. I was absolutely taken from the first episode to the very last. There aren't many of them. I believe there's only eight episodes. Uh, and it's been a surprising hit. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> it's been a surprising hit for Netflix as well. Um, I think they only really anticipated it would be big in Brazil, but it's been huge in other territories as well. I don't have much more to say on it than that. Um, but I would highly recommend it to anyone who's looking for a sci-fi TV show. Is it a standalone thing, or will there be more it, stuff? I think it's definitely left so that there probably will be more on it. I gather it's been a success, okay, cool. so I would say there's probably a season two coming. Has anyone else Go watched this? I'm very intrigued by this. <coughs> I've not watched it, but I feel like someone's told me about this. Did you tell us about it in Newcastle? Um, I'm not sure if I did or not, but... I don't know. I, I, I feel like it. someone's talked about this recently to me. Right, but, it, but um, it's very good. I mean, Yeah, it seems intriguing. It's had generally pretty good reviews, but um, mm. I think it's been a little bit underrated, if anything. Um, I read one or two critical reviews, and I didn't agree with them at all. I thought the characterisation was excellent, um, which seemed to be what... One at least one reviewer was criticising it for, but it was a. It, I expected it would be quite good, but it was better than I thought, which is very good. Cool. It's great that um. I mean, it's not very often you get a foreign language TV show getting very mainstream at all, is it? So exactly, yeah. I mean, it, cool. it, it's just an, It's just. A, I mean, I wouldn't call it entirely original. You know, you've seen these kind of themes in various places. For instance, as I've already mentioned, the Hunger Games. But uh, there's, there is an originality in the way it's put together. And um, it's written like a proper drama. It's not just, you know, all action. And like I said, your opinions will change on virtually every character throughout the series, which is exactly what I want. I want character development. I don't want to have one guy walk in in the first episode and know that guy's the good guy. You know, mm. I want various yeah. shades of grey, and uh, you certainly get that with this show. <laughs> Would you like fifty shades of grey? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I was tempted to say that, but uh, <laughs> uh, I went there. Yeah. Um, Al, you still—that was your number five, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So about to go to Dave, so but you still got your number. I've four. still got my number four. Yeah. Number four, I'll be very brief about because James Cable's already mentioned it. My number four is Westworld, which I believe I had the same point as James Cable as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can we get number four twice. I don't need to mention anything about it that. Uh, Cable hasn't already, but um, I was intrigued by this from episode one, just like Cable. I find it more of a mystery uh, um, series than something like Game of Thrones, but just as epic in scale and with great action sequences. And I thought it was quite cerebral, actually. Uh, very uh, philosophical. Um, 
kind of the nature of humanity and the nature of existence and free will. Um, and I thought it was extremely ambitiously written. No surprise that it's written by Jonathan Nolan, who uh, Christopher Nolan's brother, responsible for my favourite film, Memento. Um, and I thought the performances were superb throughout. Only problem I had was that I did get one of the bigger twists spoiled for me. Not not uh, in the, right. not in the sense that it was a confirmed, but I'd read the theory online, and I really wish yeah. I hadn't. I probably had as well because I well, yeah, I talked about it with people at work quite a lot, read quite a lot of theories, so probably yeah. I think I know what you're referring to, but yeah. Yeah, it, apparently it's not going to be back for two years. Um, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah, right. they're going to. It's not going to be back like on a yearly basis in two years. But I'm absolutely cannot wait. And to be honest with you, I'm not. I'm fine with that. I don't need a TV show to come back literally every year. Yeah, I'd rather it might they be took good, good to leave actually. Yeah. I'd rather they took the time and make sure it was excellent because something like that cannot be easy to write. It's on so many levels. Samurai World. Um, apparently, it's just still called Westworld, but yes. Yeah, yeah. that was alluded to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got nothing. Interesting. I don't have much more to say on that. Mm, cool, um, Dave. Round to you then. Thank you very much. Um, so as I was saying, I've not watched many of the big ticket shows this year, and I realised that four of the five programmes that I've selected for my top five um, haven't hadn't been shown before um, 2016. They're all new to 2016, so only, only one is a, a kind of uh, a subsequent series. So coming in very quickly at number five, I've got um, the Night Manager. Night Manager was shown back in. February, March of 2016, starring Tom Hiddleston, um, Hugh Laurie, Olivia Coleman, based on the John le Carré novel of the same name. And it is about a, a luxury hotel um, desk assistant turned British spy who is recruited by uh, a secretive organisation within British government to track the arms dealer Richard Roper who's portrayed by Hugh Laurie. This um this show followed on from War and War and quite close to War and Peace, which was only shown kind of the month before that, which isn't on my list. But um it's two big um BBC series that they must have poured an awful lot of money in and shows that whilst plenty of plenty of T V Plenty of TV from from the states is probably um, it's probably better, but it, it still proves that the BBC can actually put out some high quality um, drama that kind of um, keeps up with that that you can find around the rest of the world. Uh, I know we talked about this um, a bit closer to the time, but um, I particularly enjoyed uh, Tom Hiddleston's performances, um, Jonathan Pine, and I always enjoy um, Tom Hollander who played. Um, Richard Roper's associate Corky, who I've always found Hollander to be underrated. The story was um, the story was gripping as you might expect from a kind of Le Carre, and it was adapted to fit the present day. The original book was set in nineteen ninety three, um, and it leaves itself open to the potential for a uh, for another series. Although I think that it has been ruled out now, um, but it's um, uh, an interesting ending that isn't necessarily very uh, doesn't totally wrap up and leave you completely satisfied it leaves you um wondering if there's going to be some more um so yeah that's the night manager so that's my number five 
Right. Uh-huh, cool. Yeah, I watched it. Did this. You, you two guys see this? Yeah, I thought you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think, if I'm honest, I don't think it was ever troubling my top five, but I did really enjoy it. It was sumptuously put together. And um, you could tell that it had some American involvement. Um, British TV shows, shows just don't have that sheen. Um, but it was it was made with perfect style and panache, and it felt it very much felt like classic Le Carre. Hiddleston and Laurie took rightly took plaudits for their performances, and I think that's the perfect format for Le Carre as well. I don't think it works as well in a film. I think you need the kind of the slow burn. And incidentally, I totally agree with you on Tom Hollander. Is it, yeah, it's Hollander rather than Hol- Holland is the young kid who's Spider Man, isn't it? <laughs> Tom Holland. <laughs> I always get confused yeah, between them. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, Hollander, great. He was really good in the thick of it as well as I recall. And in the loop. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't have too much to say on that, but I, I would say it definitely got the essence of Le Carre spot on, even though they changed quite a lot from the original novel, as I gather. They're adapting another one, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, the Spy Who Came In from the Cold, which is yeah, so that's yeah. Really good. One of my favourite novels of all time. Um, there's a, there's already a very good film adaptation, but yeah, think, absolutely. Yeah, it's a be yeah, oh, that will I'm be interesting. I knew nothing about Night Manager, but whereas I think a lot of people know an awful lot about Spy Who Came In from the Cold, so yeah, that'll yeah. be an interesting challenge. Yeah, I, I think it's probably better suited to a TV show than it ever was to a film. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. So we'll see how that goes, but I'm very optimistic considering how the Night Manager went. I'll, I'll definitely watch that, yeah, because I've read the book. I really like the book. So I hope they don't try and um, modernise it. I hope it is set in the Cold War. I mean, I can't see how they would. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I've not read yeah. Night Manager, so I don't know how much Night Manager felt like you could, shouldn't have updated it, but if you see what I mean. Um, yeah. Anyway, shall I move on to my number four? Yeah, sounds good. So, uh, my number four is another British show with lots of American involvement that feels very lustrous but doesn't have the sheen normally associated with British television programmes. Coming in with a big bastard American budget, it's um, Netflix smash hit The Crown. Now, this show is um, created and written by Peter Morgan, who also did the 2006 film The Queen and the 2013 stage play The Audience, both starring Helen Mirren. So this is a man who clearly has a thing for the Queen, and who can blame him? Power is sexy. Um, (laughs) This show tells the life of, follows the life of Queen Elizabeth, um, starting when she was just um, Princess Lilibet, and in, intended to apparently to run to six seasons um, covering the Queen's entire life. However, season one covers the period from 1947 when um, Queen marries Prince Philip all the way up to um, the end of Princess Margaret's engagement to Peter Townsend in 1955. So quite a big scandal. Um, it covers lots of pop culture and big moments in history from the period um, including the Great Smog, um, which kills um, tens of thousands of Londoners in the mid-1950s. Um, the uh, the affair of Princess Margaret to Group Captain Townsend, the re-election of Winston Churchill after his defeat immediately after the Second World War, uh, and many more. Um, Claire, Foy, Claire Foy won um, plaudits as for her portrayal of Queen Elizabeth, um, but the the sterling, the absolute outstanding performance for me was um, the surprising John Lithgow as Winston Churchill, who gave a 
really excellent performance, one that I wasn't expecting or anticipating and added um, real gravitas and um, interest to every scene that he appeared in. Totally stole the show every time, which you almost would expect from from a, a real-life Winston Churchill. Um, this show isn't one that I has was kind of looking forward to. It doesn't necessarily fit into the genre that I would normally watch. I was expecting something more of a costume drama, and whilst it clearly is, uh, there are elements of that, I think that it's presented in such a way that doesn't um, necessarily um, kind of um, suck up or 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 um, necessarily um, varnished, kind of gives, it doesn't necessarily give a varnished kind of portrayal of the royal family, which is uh, slightly refreshing to watch. This show would never have ended up on the BBC, for example. Yeah, so I'll probably wrap it up there. Um, oh, um, there's a, another outstanding performance, sorry, just wanted to mention from the cast, uh, was Jared Harris, who uh, people will know f- as the British guy from Mad Men, who um, <laughs> portrayed um, King George V, and his um, his final moments were um, really, really beautifully portrayed and led um, one user on Twitter to um, declare that they weren't aware that Queen Elizabeth's dad had died. <coughs> Yeah, so that was that was the Crown. Have any of you guys watched the Crown? No, I've not, not seen even it, heard of it. No, it's good. I've not. I've not seen it. It's on my list, and I think my opinion is largely my level of optimism is largely as yours was, Dave. Looks like it's quite good, but not that excited. But now that it's made your list, I am a bit more excited about it. So it uh, might be might well be my next show. I'm currently watching uh, the OA, and I can't decide whether I love it or hate it. Uh, but I think my next. <laughs> I've heard that's what people think about it yeah I, I honestly can't decide but i'm still watching anyway but um i think the crown might be my next show then i'll certainly be interested to hear what you think of it yeah cool cool sweet interessant um james cable back around to you for number three number three right my number three i've talked about it before it's the only one of my top five i think i'm gonna just check yeah which has which didn't debut this year um, so it didn't start the first wasn't the first season this year, which I've just realised. Um, and my number three is Peaky Blinders. Um, so Peaky Blinders it's a British TV crime crime drama based on the exploits of the gang known as the Peaky Blinders in who were operating in Birmingham, um, England, just after the um, First World War. Uh, it centres around and stars. Cillian Murphy as Thomas Shelby, um, the gang's leader, and it follows the gang and their antics and their adversaries. It's just so, so stylish. The suits, the caps, the costumes, the haircuts, the ultra-violence, it's just really fucking cool. It's got incredible characters played by some of the finest actors of, of tel- in television today. Cillian Murphy is just absolutely outstanding in his role, and there's so many, um, there's such a great supporting cast and they're all just brilliant. All of his brothers, all of their enemies, the strong female characters, and then there's Tom Hardy who plays this incredible, um, unreliable character. You just can't predict what he's going to do next. It's intelligently written, it's gripping, and it's totally immersive. Um, the dialogue is a mixture of poetry and gibberish, and it's just incredible to listen to, and it's just enthralling. 
Uh, it's loosely based on a real historical gang called the Peaky Blinders, and it brings in snippets of real things that happened in in the time that it's set and real people from that time. And I think I think there's a trend in some TV shows recently to mix sort of fictional stories with um, actual true history. Um, I can't think of any examples right now, but I definitely know that it's a thing. And Peaky Blinders just does it so well. Um, the cinematography and the production quality is incredible. It's lavish, it's richly detailed, it's beautifully constructed, and it's just a piece of art. Um, there's a strange industrial beauty that it paints Birmingham with. You know, the smoke, the flames, the dirt, juxtaposed with the extravagant side of society that um, Peaky Blinders um, mixes with. It's got an incredible soundtrack. It's very cool and modern, and they managed to pick these tracks which are from now, they're modern tracks, but they fit so well with the time period. And David Bowie actually asked to be featured on the show shortly before he died, so that's, I think that's pretty impressive um, from someone like him. And he actually sent in a photo of himself wearing one of the caps. And a long-time fan of Stick Around, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> who doesn't actually feature on the show, but he, he got in touch with the creator, and apparently they met in a hotel, and they were just building joints. <laughs> And Snoop talked about how the show reminded him of how he got into gang culture. So if that's a, uh, that's you know, quite a recommendation, um, yeah. I don't know what is. So yeah, Peaky Blinders number three. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I've watched a on a sort of unrelated, but Tom Hardy now uh, the first couple of episodes of Taboo. Yeah, which, I'm watching Taboo. Uh, I'm quite enjoying, but Beck has stopped wanting to watch, so I don't know how. <laughs> it is quite whether our character. It's pretty dark. Yeah. And um, Tom Hardy is it is sort of ununderstandable best, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, so good. this is something. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's probably not gonna. It's probably not top of my list. I'd say, I'd say at the minute of these top fives, three percent is the one I'm most intrigued by. But round to Al now with your number three. Right. Okay. My number three. I got a feeling will probably turn up in another list. Uh, game for probably. The second year running, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, season six is my number three. Uh, not season six for the third year in a row, but Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> I don't think this really needs much of an introduction. Um, fantasy epic series, uh, Wars for the Iron Throne. I thought this season in particular was a strong season. I mean, I think they've all been strong, but this one uh, kind of took its, spread its wings a little bit and uh, showed a little bit of independence from the books while maintaining to the key plot points. Because it had to, because The Wind of Winter is still yet to be seen. Um, I thought it had a particularly epic episode, perhaps the best episode ever, uh, Battle of the Bastards. Uh, probably probably the most convincing battle scene I've ever seen on film, which wasn't just kind of random action. It felt like um, they got the strategy correct. It felt like the brutality was there, and it felt like um, the realities... Were there? I mean, aside from the fact there was a giant, um, you know, everything else felt like it could have just been a medieval war. Um, I thought the the series built to a brilliant crescendo uh, with the last episode, and I feel that the series is in the right place right now to launch into absolute mayhem for the remaining two seasons. Uh, disappointed that the next season won't be back in April like we used to, but. Again, not so bothered if they're just taking the time to make it even better. Um, 
yeah, I've got complete faith in the the super show producers now. Um, before, I was a little bit worried when they didn't have the books as a guideline. I mean, I understand they've still got key plot points to go between, but um, even if they didn't, I'd be, you know, my faith would be there. Incidentally, there was a particular episode as well, uh, a particular moment of a particular episode called The Door, which we've mentioned on the podcast, Hodor's oh, demise, God. which broke my heart, but um, which is something Game of Thrones inspired a lot of emotions, obviously, and most of them awe-induced, but um, that was a particularly good, resonant moment. And yeah, I thought it was an extremely strong season, and uh, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, cool. GOT. It's um, not actually in my top five. Is it not? Right, no. okay. It, it could have it quite easily been in my top five, but I just... I don't know, I just... I Obviously, I still love it, and it's still amazing. And it's yeah, it was a very strong season, but... I've just not put it in my top five for some reason. I don't really know why. Right, well, fair enough. There's been a lot of other good TV shows. Any comments you'd like to make on it, then? I think you pretty much covered it all, Al. Um, comprehensive as ever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, you, you mentioned the, the two of the main things which were yeah good about it. That battle was incredible. Yeah. And is there it was hold the door in the season though, was that what you're Yeah, that's to? what yeah. that's what you're referring it is, to. Yeah, my, yeah. my my teaching assistant made a hold the door joke the other day and I totally <laughs> didn't get it. So I told one of the children to hold the door and he went, Hold the door Did you then start crying? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah that, that that bit had me close to tears. That was um so well done. Unbelievably close. well written. Yeah, close. Yeah. yeah, I am made of stone, <laughs> so I didn't actually cry, but um, <laughs> were it possible for me to create tears? Uh, <laughs> you might have done it then. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, on to Dave, your number three then. Thank you very much. Um, now, I'm not going to go into this one in a great deal of detail because I'm fairly certain it will appear on um, at least one other list. Um, this is the only one uh, on my list that didn't debut this year. Um, it's Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. Black Mirror returned for its um, fourth series this year. Uh, sorry, third series this year. Uh, and it's an anthology series uh, that tells dystopian tales from a, um, a bleak future, or uh, as it was known in kind of early 2016, or as we now know it, the actual future. <laughs> um, the the, um, the 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 diluted future, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> Beginning to look, you know, like a f- more friendly version. But uh, sorry, <laughs> carry on. Yeah. Um, so, series um, three was the first one on Netflix, having previously been a Channel Four uh, show. Um, six episodes in this series, making it the longest so far. Um, yeah, six um, six very good episodes. Um, I particularly enjoyed um, San Junipero, which isn't uh, a surprise to anyone. It's kind of like saying Sgt. Peppers is your favourite Beatles uh, album. There were some uh, ex- outstanding performances, including um, uh, Rashida Jones, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, and many, many more. Um, yeah, I just wanted to um, point out that... Today, in fact, uh, it's been uh, announced by the International Business Times that Japan has developed tiny drones to replace bees as pollinators, having apparently (laughs) not seen 
Um, <laughs> having apparently not watched Black Mirror this year, um, <laughs> I I urge them to swiftly. <laughs> seems like a ludicrous solution, but interesting. Yeah, it seems quite expensive. You could just save the bees, but like I'm, I'm, I'm beginning, just... be- you know, Black Mirror's getting it right so often. I'm beginning to wonder if it actually is predicting things, or it just knows things that we don't. Like yeah. maybe Charlie Brooker knew all about David Cameron head fucking a pig. Uh, <laughs> already, or this... maybe it knew about the bees, but I don't know. Interesting. This is the first show I've seen. Bit I haven't seen all of it. I've seen um, a couple of episodes now. Yeah. I think Cable's been present. I'm, I'm, both. I'm currently watching it. I yeah. actually watched Very Sandy Perro last night, and it was, uh, yeah, that it was the third amazing. One? That's no, it's it's um, fourth one in season. Oh, okay. Six, uh, I've watched the VR one and the very first one of season you three. You watched the horror one with me. That was absolutely... That was intense. Yeah. <laughs> the VR horror. But very, very good. It was, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I've almost, Yeah, I'm on episode four of season three, so I've not put it in my top five, so I've not finished it. But yeah, cool. it's definitely amazing. Excellent. I was expecting this to appear in some lists. Um, right, we're back round to James Cable. Oh, You're yeah. number two now. My number two. Okay, my number two... Is and it's been mentioned before, uh, on this, in some well not in someone's list but it was briefly mentioned by Dave, uh, and it's War and Peace. War and Peace is a British American historical period drama period drama television, which was on BBC One at the very start of the year and on it it first broadcast on the third of January. Um, Six part adaptation of the novel War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy. For me, it was it was it's, it was a sort of a surprise hit because I didn't think. I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. And actually, I, it was sort of last minute that I thought about it to put it on my list. And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. It stars Paul Dano, Lily, Lily James and James Norton as the lead roles, all of which I thought were outstanding. Um, the Telegraph placed it as number five in its list of the greatest television adaptations of all time, Whoa. stating that it, it is safe to say that this is the greatest TV costume drama of the past decade, decade and has raised the bar in a genre for which we have... Uh, we are already renowned all over the world, which um, is a bold statement, but um, I wouldn't disagree much at all with that. Um, the characters and the storytelling were seductive, and the visual power of the drama was just exquisite. I think War and Peace as a title really sums it up, and um, the periods of war and the periods of peace in the, in the story, um, but death was never far away, and there was never, and neither was heartbreak. It made me cry several times. You really cared about what happened to the characters, or the people in the story. There were so many fantastic cinematography and beautiful scenes. One that stands out for me was a six-minute blood-soaked Battle of Borodino scene, which is in the penultimate episode. Um, it depicted bloody amputations and butchered bodies, and it yeah, it just blew my head off quite literally. Um, it was harrowing. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, not literally, but like it blew someone's um, head off anyway. Um, it just brought yeah it brought home just how how horrific war was back in those days and I mean it's still horrific but in particular back when it was fought in that way Um, the direction I felt captured historic timeline very well it was sort of a riveting history lesson as well as a story Uh, it taught me a thing or two about you know the war of that that time the of the 1800s Napoleon and Russia and the way it changed Europe and it sort of helps to explain why Russia has such a complicated relationship with the West today. Um, 
it captured the intimacies of the people and the relationships in the stories. Uh, in many ways, it told the story. Uh, sorry, the, the story of of War and Peace mirrors that of our time. Um, people, you know, trying to find their way amongst wars and amongst social and polit political change and spiritual confusion. Um, the only disappointment for me was that, that it wasn't long enough. Like it, it was perfect in that it was a great story told over six episodes, but I think there could have been more. I think one of the reasons I put it at number two is that every time I think back to it, um, I sort of get a sense of nostalgia and I want to watch it again. And that's possibly because it's only a one-off six-part show and I could quite easily watch it again. You know, it's not a massive investment, but yeah, I just think back with it fondly and yeah, it's a really good show. And it's also made me want to read the book, which I've not read um, and I intend to at some point. Um, so yeah, number two, War and Peace. Splendid. Good work. Um, right. Well, sorry, Al. Go no, on. I was just going to say I haven't watched this, but it's another what? one of those shows. Another one of those shows that kind of uh, doesn't appeal to me that greatly, but I keep hearing good things about it, so I should probably watch. Yeah, yeah you should. Yeah, I think you should like definitely it. watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. What's better, that or Wolf Hole? Oh, oh they man, two they're very, they're that, very, so. very. Yeah, they're very different. They're both dressed costume dramary type things but um i war and um, war and peace is epic it's a it's properly epic um wolf hall is kind of understated but um that yeah they're quite they are quite different i would say watch wolf hall first then watch war and peace but watch them both right so if i had to put the crown in there as well Three shows that oh, I should watch. Then you, don't, you don't have enough time. <laughs> right, okay. Are you I'll, just not a fan of period dramas? I, oh. It's not that I'm not a fan. They just they just don't excite me. Like, I've watched period right. dramas before, and I thought, oh, that was really good. Why wasn't I excited? But Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, Al. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of similar. I, used, I think I used to be like that, but now I can't. I just can't get enough of I it. Think it. I think I would describe them if I was look, thinking about a food. I would think about a shepherd's pie. To me, they're not, <laughs> they're not, they're not that, exci they're not ex Strap that in, exciting. Lads. <laughs> they're not that exciting, uh, yeah. but then once you start eating it, you think, oh, this is amazing. What was I, <laughs> what yeah. was I thinking? Yeah, that's what you mean. That's a good analogy. Yeah. That was the best analogy I've ever heard. Um, and on that note, <laughs> we're on to you, Al. Right, number two. right, my number two um, has already been said once again. Uh, uh, everyone's beating you to the post. They have, they have. Um, Black Mirror, uh, mentioned by Dave. Obviously, we've already mentioned, created by Charlie Brooker. I would, in terms of what I can add to what Dave's already said, I would just say that I thought this was extremely strong, strongly written. Uh, I thought each of the six episodes had its own merits. Um on reflection, I have to still agree with probably the majority of people that San Junipero was the strongest episode. And I think um, I read an interview with Charlie Brooker where he said he wrote that episode as kind of a a riposte to people who suggested Black Mirror was all about dystopia. Whereas yeah. San Junipero feels like very much future technology is how it might be, you know, in a good way. It was a, I felt it was an extremely poignant love story. Um I would also like to flag up uh, an episode that maybe hasn't had as much attention as the others. Shut Up and Dance, the story of a young boy um, who is manipulated into carrying out a series of bizarre tasks uh, via blackmail of a uh, video of him masturbating. Uh, I won't say any more than that because there are details that 
kind of elevated that I can't reveal. But um, I watched that one this week as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that was um, extremely well written and um, balanced. I mean, Black Mirror has this habit of having protagonists um, who you can't totally root for. Um, mm. Having mixed emotions over a character, I think, is good writing. It's excellent writing. Um, that one, that one made me think. It just made me think it'd be really easy to manipulate someone like that. Yeah, well, it would be. <laughs> not yeah. that I ever, not that I ever would, but it'd just be so easy to like make well, someone do stuff. Yeah, of course. I mean, if I mean, not, well, you know, speaking with knowledge of the episode, not that you would be ever be caught doing that. I'm sure. Uh, but you know, even if you were caught, say, just generally. You know, naked generally or on masturbating. Webcam. Generally masturbating, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure there's. I mean, you wouldn't do everything, but there's quite a lot you would do to stop that getting out. Mm. I'd, yeah. say, I'd say up to the value of a thousand pounds for me. Anything more than that, I would just say <laughs> no. Just release it. That's fine. You know, we all do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it just made me think. Interesting. I don't have a great deal more to say on that. Um, I think the move to Netflix was ultimately successful. Um, mm. You might say it was disloyal, but you know he got a much bigger budget, and I believe he got even greater creative auto- autonomy. And I think that's reflected in the strength of the season. I believe we're getting another six episodes this year as well. Um, I hope they maintain cool. the strength. Cool. Is there any sort of um, calendar to their release, or do they just come randomly whenever? Or all at once? They, they call all, all at once. Yeah. I mean, okay, they'll, they'll right. drop some point this year. It hasn't been announced okay, yet. Okay, with you. Cool. Awesome. That's uh, getting some serious love. Contender for um Yeah, I th- as I said, if I hadn't if I'd have finished it, it probably would have been my top five, but I've still got a couple left. Mm. So. It might have been my number one. It was a contender. Mm. It's a contender for consensus pick anyway. Um Dave, round to you now for your number two. Well, I've got a feeling that all of our number ones might be the same. But I'm <laughs> okay. not sure. Oh, okay. Well <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Maybe quite maybe not. Maybe Dave's about to prove us wrong. Well, I hope so. Um, <laughs> so, because this is a incredibly bourgeois, uh, liberal, <laughs> elite, uh, mainstream media podcast, this is our second foreign language drama. Wow. Um, this was originally shown uh, in the country of origin back in October of... Uh, 2015, shown in America in June of 2015, but was released in the UK in January of 2016, and it's Deutschland 83. Deutschland 83 um, stars uh, Jonas Ney as a 24-year-old East German who is recruited uh, in a rather underhand manner and sent to the West to be an undercover spy for the East German Stasi. Deutschland 83 was a pitch, uh, was a kind of pitch to uh, make a great piece of television. Germany has this kind of, uh, apparently has this um, kind of feeling that it used to be excellent at producing TV programmes and has somewhat been overshadowed by other nations and spent a lot of money on this series. Let's say it was released in June before it was released in Germany because apparently lots of Germans found it rather uncomfortably close to real-life experience, bearing in mind this is only set 30 years ago. Um, it tells some really interesting stories about 
uh, familial ties across the um, across the Berlin Wall, across the divide between East and West Germany, and also the relationship between NATO nations and Eastern Bloc nations. Um, some absolutely incredible performances here. Like I say, Jonas Ney as uh, Martin slash Moritz, depending which side of um, the wall he was on, um, was absolutely fantastic. There is an excellent scene in the first episode where he is released into West Germany and he runs into a supermarket stocked full of colourful um, capitalist foods and the his reaction is incredible um really drives home the kind of divide that um that separated germany at that time maria schrader as uh, lenora his aunt um again another excellent performance but really gets across the um being torn between your duty and your family the the storyline was gripping and despite telling a despite being based in in a real life situation each episode is named after a uh, nato military exercise that took place in 1983 with names like quantum jump operation northern wedding operation brandy station and ending with the big finale operation able archer where the eastern bloc nations genuinely thought that the west was about to launch a preemptive nuclear strike on the east um, when the West were actually just trying, were performing a military operation, the tension there, I, I'm sure, probably wasn't as couldn't possibly have been as tense as it must have actually been to have been in an East German spy agency at that time. But um, they do an excellent job of trying to get that across. I um, was also a real great fan of the um, the soundtrack here. It's notable for its use of uh, 1980s popular music, including uh, 99 Luft Balloons, uh, there's lots of David Bowie, New Order, Eurythmics, lots of all, all Western European songs. The, the, the score was by Reinhold Hale, who also um, did the music for Run Lola Run, um, and he got involved with the project when he saw the first scene of the show. Which shows two teenagers trying, uh, two, two teenagers trying to smuggle um, Shakespeare and Marx books across the border into East Germany, which he said was so realistic, and it reminded me, reminded him of his time when he was caught trying to smuggle Stravinsky and Bach into East Germany, and that's how he got on board. Yeah, so yeah, so this is Deutschland eighty three. This is my number two. Has anyone else seen this? No, well, I really wanted to. Um, I had it yeah. strongly recommended by a few people, and I just didn't get round to it. Um, is it? Do you know if it's still available on? Uh, is it more four it's not, now? Yeah, all four. Yeah, all four. Is it now? Right. Okay. Yes, it um, is. Yes. Yeah, I need to get round to watching that and another all four. Well, Channel Four show, Humans. I need to get round to watch the second season of that. Mm. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah I, obviously, I've got nothing to say in it, but. I've, it's it looked very very interesting and um, obviously Cold War um, period dramas are something I'm well into so mm. hopefully we'll see that soon. Yeah, I think cool. you'll, I think you'll absolutely love it. Interesting. Two foreign language films in our top fives. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can TV shows. Ugh. Foreign language TV shows. Oh Jesus, yeah, TV foreign language TV shows. <laughs> We're now round to it's number one time, isn't it? It is. Give us a drum roll,
<laughs> and that's, yeah, um, that's on my lap there because I didn't have a drum kit. On. <laughs> Numero, oh yeah, drum kit, sorry. <laughs> I was going to bring it. <laughs> so it might be excessive. James Cable, numero uno. Let's see if they're all the same. My number one is Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll just briefly talk about it, then I'll open it up to the floor, because I know at least two of you will probably want to say stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stranger Things is an American science fiction horror TV um, series created, written, and directed, and co executive produced by the Duffer Brothers. Um, for Netflix. Um, I'll read the description which I've stolen from somewhere online. Um, in a small town where everyone knows everyone, a peculiar incident starts a chain of events that leads to, this, that leads to the disappearance of a child, which begins to tear at the fabric of an otherwise peaceful community. Dark government agencies and seemingly malevolent, malevolent supernatural forces converge on the town while a few locals begin to understand that there's more going on than meets the eye. Um, I would say this is the best Netflix original by far. Um, I think it's safe to say it's the biggest breakout show of the year, 2016. Um, it's it's pitch-perfect 80s neon nostalgia. Um, it's an addictive homage to vintage 80s television, such as The Goonies, or Spiel, uh, classic Spielberg films. Um, and there's quite a lot of references to stuff like The X-Files. Uh, when you're watching it, it feels like you're watching a show that's produced in that era, um, the era that it's set in, but with the craft of today's golden age of television. Uh, it's got an amazing 80s soundtrack. Um, the story and the characters take on a life of their own. The sort of the, the 80s references and the references to the TV shows that it's sort of paying homage to don't feel self-indulgent or bloated. Uh, you don't need to know everything they're paying homage to, but you know it's just it's very nostalgic. It's got a refreshing young main cast. Which just bring it bring it to life. Uh, it also stars Winona Ryder, which who, who I thought was great. I don't know if Clive agrees. <laughs> um, there's an amazing sense of mystery to the show, um, but it's got a, you know, it's got a clear pacing. Um, it's eight ep episodes in length, which I think is just the perfect length for it. Uh, there's a clear be beginning, middle, and an end, and it never gets bogged down in um, in plot. You know, it has time to develop the characters, with the exception of Barb. Um, <laughs> it's the perfect combination of humour and horror um, it's really really funny and it's also really really scary um, it's the kind of humour which is born out of a sort of mis mysterious horrible situation so it's sort of dark humour um, but yeah it just works it's, it's exciting, it's heartbreaking it's atmospheric it's addi addictive escapism very efficient storytelling. It's got dark humour, sharp dialogue. Um, if you haven't watched Strange Things, uh, you should. Even Clive loved it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is as big a <laughs> big compliment as you can put any TV show. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, this would, by probably default, be my <laughs> number one <laughs> TV show of the year. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And we should, it makes me realise we should watch more TV shows together, Cable. Yeah. You know, um, I really enjoyed watching this as a, as a unit. I, I was going to kind of leave my comments on this till the next one, but I am due next, so I may as well just say this is my number one as well. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Spoiler. Um, yeah, Cable's done an excellent job of describing everything that is, uh, you know, excellent about Stranger Things, but um, the only thing I would add is 
it's I think it's going to be a growing trend really that we see kind of um, nostalgia in terms of TV shows and movies um, mm, in Hollywood yeah. and in TV simply because it's already a thing in games I think yeah I, I think it's I think it's simply because there's when you're limiting the technology there seems to be more of a scope for um, a better narrative I think I mentioned this when I was reviewing it on the podcast before but I just think it's not just nostalgia in terms of I wish I was there you know that wasn't that great I think mm. there's just more room the limitations set by the technology and the time the time frame just kind of make it easier for writers to make something that's kind of thrilling and um, with enough constraint um, yeah I agree I mm. love I loved all of the um, I know they get so much attention all over the internet but um the the kid actors were fantastic i thought particularly millie bobby brown and um gaten matarazzo um it, it just got it right didn't it it just got the absolute tone right the kind of the mixture of kind of low key horror thriller kind of um slight science fiction mystery um references like you said from everyone from stephen king steven spielberg um, all the way down to you know Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I actually got to this relatively late compared to some people. Didn't know if it was going to be for me, and I was blown away by it. Um, absolutely hooked from episode one till the end. Um, I think Stranger Things speaks to our you know our love of pop culture of the past, and I think there's a book I mentioned um, on the books podcast. Which is also going to be adapted into a film soon called Ready Player One, mm. which is also mm. a homage to eighties pop culture. So, mm. like I said, we're in that era where it's in fashion, um, and I, for one, love it. Um, I think there is a little bit of indulgence with that, but you know, fuck it. You know, <laughs> isn't isn't all art not? isn't all art great indulgence? You know, yeah, um, it's well good. Yeah, I mean. Really, I know there's a few people I've talked to who haven't watched Stranger Things yet simply because everyone keeps there telling them is. how great it is. Yeah. And then I can get that. Sometimes when you hear that every single day, you're just like, oh, yeah, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. But yeah, totally really, honestly, swallow your pride if you haven't watched this. There's someone at work who I kept telling him to watch it over and over again. Then he, when he finally did, he watched it all in one go. <laughs> he just couldn't, couldn't stop watching. Yeah, seriously, swallow your pride on this. If you like the kind of things it's influenced by... You're going to love this. Hey, what's that kid called with the curly hair? Ledge. Uh, that's well. The, the actor's called Gaten Matarazzo. Which yeah. is a fabulous name, I think I've alluded to before. I've forgotten his character. Yeah, I'm, 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 they're all really cool. good. All of the kid actors. Um, yeah, I mean, the shades of everything in there. I mean, like, I don't know how. Lots conscious... of grey. <laughs> not of grey though. Um, not, I don't think there's much grey. Really, it's all yeah. colourful. I mean, no, it's quiet. I mean, obviously, a lot of the references were entirely intentional, but. I feel like some of them were almost accidental, and that's even better because you could watch it through, and you could, if you were taking notes, you could say, "Oh, that's a reference to that, and that's a reference to that." Yeah, and you could have so much fun just watching it that way. But it just works as a great kind of narrative thriller. Um, they've announced the it's coming out. The second season will be out in Hall- on Halloween. Uh, there's been a trailer oh, yeah, for it. I don't know if you've seen it. Looks excellent as well. Um, cannot wait my most anticipated show of the year and I thought it was a clear number one and like you said Netflix's strongest original series and I think they've they've done pretty well in general but 
Yeah, they have. Far, far and away the strongest series. Cool. Yeah. Exciting. I'm glad I've seen uh, two of your number ones, and which means we're now round to Dave. What's your number one? Thank you very much. Well, I was trying to think of some way to hilariously surprise you all um, <laughs> that Stranger Things under the hammer wasn't my number one. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I've not seen it, so I oh can't really go and make it my number one. Um, <laughs> that, that would be interesting. Rude. I have read uh, Ready Player One by total coincidence. I read it before I found out it was being made a film on a, re- on a friend's recommendation. Um, it's definitely film makeable. Um, so I'll be interested in watching that when that comes out. But my um, my number one is, again, slightly uh, less than conventional. It was released <laughs> exclusively um, to the internet via the creator's own website, it was Horace and Pete. Horace and Pete was created, written, and directed by Louis C.K. Uh, and unlike the work that you typically associate with him, wasn't so much a comedy at all, um, very much uh, a tragedy. It follows two, um, the two owners of a rundown Brooklyn bar, Horace and Pete, the bar has been handed down through the generations to brothers, both always known as Horace and Pete, um, since the bar's foundation in 1916. The um, the bar doesn't sell any mixed drinks. The only beer it sells is Budweiser on tap. Uh, and the pricing is very... <laughs> Which I'm currently drinking. <laughs> the, uh, You're the... drinking it out of cans there, Clive. <laughs> The prices Sorry. are variable depending on whether or not the um, customer is a regular or a hipster with, uh, additional, <laughs> with additional charges for drinking, ironically. Um, <laughs> the, the part of Horace is played by Louis C.K. himself and his, his um, cousin Pete is portrayed by Steve Buscemi uh, with Edie Falco playing um, Horace's older sister. The show moves between it tells a lot of different stories almost all set entirely within the um the bar itself and the room upstairs it never gets any further than that um tells an incredibly moving story Edie Falco is um struggling with um with illness that she can't pay for having been written out of the will that her father wrote because her name isn't Horace or Pete Uncle Pete, who is um, Horace's uncle and Pete's dad, is played by Alan Alder from MASH, amongst other things. His performance as a a terrible, awful, myopic miser was was something to behold. The, um, The episodes are all set out kind of differently they all have a slightly different feel to them uh one in particular is episode three which um for obvious reasons i don't recommend you start with but in particular because (laughs) it's in particular because it's it's very different to the rest um horace's ex-wife sarah visits the bar and confides in horace and it the entire episode is the two of them sat at a bar table talking to each other in um, a single take for 43 minutes 
Um, it's really epic television in lots of ways, but incredibly um, close and tight and touching. And I've not watched TV that has felt quite so personal, quite so moving and certainly not as tragic, um, I don't think, ever. Steve Buscemi as uh, as Pete, as troubled Pete, who um, deals with mental health issues, um, and this show explores the relationship that US society has with ill people and whether or not they should pay for their own medication and so on and their own care. The... The last episode, there's only 10 episodes in the series. There's likely only to be one series. Um, but the last the last episode was staggering. Um, really, really deeply um, touching. And um, I can't rate this TV programme enough. It's definitely a departure away from Louis C.K.'s usual work. There are elements of dark comedy in it. But whereas most of his work prior to this has been comedy with a tinge of tragedy to it, this is definitely tragedy with a tinge of comedy to it. I've no doubt that Al will absolutely love this and I can't recommend it enough if you can find it. It's, like I say, available through Louis C.K.'s website for um, for a couple of pounds per episode. Um, but compared to the kind of price of cinema in particular or video games or something like that moving uh, forgetting the kind of cost of television but if you compare it to those kinds of things it's definitely money well worth and well spent um particularly as um louis ck put all his own money into this and didn't promote it hoping that it would find a groundswell of support that would meet his costs which means he's actually lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on the enterprise um so if you yeah, if you want to find a way of supporting his work, then this is a, a nice way to do it. Um, yeah, so Horace and Pete was my number one for 2016. Cool. I don't know if you can hear me typing, but I'm buying it this very second. <laughs> I meant to buy this before. Um, I remember you saying, and it sounded really, really good, and it's totally slipped my mind. Um, yeah, this, I'm convinced this will be worth it. If it's not, if for whatever reason you've completely misjudged me, you owe me a pint. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think you can buy the first episode for ninety nine p, I believe, and then the rest kind of average out. I think the second one is then more expensive, and then the rest of them come come at about three. It's actually it's actually the opposite way. It's five dollars the first episode, two dollars the second episode, then three dollars episodes three to ten. Like oh, I totally, yeah. I totally would have done it the other way around. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no, there's no discount from, there's no discount to buying them in bulk. So if you want to give it a go at home and you're not and you're unsure, then um, buy the first episode. And I don't, I don't think you'll regret it. I certainly didn't. I was halfway through the first episode and I bought the rest. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy the full lot in one go because I like a gamble. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like your uh, attitude. Yeah, no, it does. It sounds excellent, and um, I can't wait to watch it. Actually, cool. I'm a little bit annoyed that I have to buy it in a certain way. That I would have quite liked to just buy it on my phone, or you know, so I could have it on all devices. But I'm having to do this on the laptop. But other than that, I'm very happy. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'd like. I'd like to watch this as well. It slipped my mind as well, so <laughs> might have to go in and buy it. So you can can you buy it on a tablet? I'm assuming, and just watch it on anything. 
<coughs> as long as your tablet's got streaming capabilities online. I do believe so. I believe yeah, you can. Yeah, I believe you can. Um, you can have them down rather than washing them through a browser. You can get them as for the same cost. You get in different, okay. various different formats, and I believe you can download them as a MP4 or something cool. similar. Yeah, I do believe so. You can watch through VLC or something like that. Yeah. Oh, cool. I think that and three percent. I'm going to watch. Obviously, I've already seen Stranger Things, so I need to watch that. Some exciting things. Good variation on in the list as well. Few crossovers, but Dave's uh, entire list, I think, was uh, singular. <laughs> Which is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah did I? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't manage to overlap with any of you. Oh, no, Black Mirror. I don't think Black you Mirror. did, did you? Yes, Black oh, Mirror. you did, Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Good, good point. Good yeah, point. Black Mirror was. There was, really a, lot, there was a lot of stuff to like pick from this year. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, believe I it. Considering um, when you look at kind of best of 2016 lists, yeah. There's so much I've left off. I really loved um, Planet Earth 2, for example. That was oh, yeah. spectacular. Oh, that's a good point. I've seen that, actually. I found it difficult to put it in my top five because, I, well, I don't know, it's almost maybe seem I don't know, it seems too timeless maybe. But there are loads yeah. of massive series um, that didn't get mentioned, like Vertical um, mm-hmm. Soul, there was another series of... Um, Mr. Robot, Orange is the New Black. Um, yeah, that's, that's what else? Those, yeah, Man in a High Castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was expecting Luke that to get Cage. on your list. Like there were loads of things that came out last year. Yeah, it, it was a very strong year. I think out of all of the things uh, genres of entertainment we are reviewing, I think TV perhaps had the strongest year. Although I'm not positive mm. on music, but. Certainly, out I of think film. music had a pretty damn good year. Yeah. Out, out of film but and TV, I know little out. about TV shows, so I can't compare them. <laughs> hmm. Right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we agreed films wasn't the world's greatest year. Although I did think it was a Daredevil. Well, there's another of Daredevil. God, there's loads yeah. of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think <clears throat> our consensus number one would have to be Stranger Things then, since it, was it is then. Yeah, yeah. quite a clear consensus number one for this year. Pod, and then probably Black Mirror. Yeah, that was a consensus number two. <clears throat> Indeed. Sweet, um, it's been good. Uh, quite a tight episode in the end. Yeah, tighty whitey, tighty whitey of an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Clive, Just waiting for Al to make it. Oh, here we go. Right. Yeah. Clive, <laughs> my my bathwater is running away. What will you do to stop it? <laughs> it's plug time, baby. I'm gonna plug that hole and stop that water. <laughs> what, what are you gonna plug um, it with? A plug! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at stickaroundcast on Twitter, stickaroundpodcast.gmail.com. You can email us and ask us questions and we will answer them. Um, slash stickaroundpodcast on Instagram. Yeah. I'm not feeling it today, I'm not feeling the rhythm. Uh, slash stickaround on Patreon if you want to throw money our way and mm-hmm. help us pay for website hosting costs or <gasps> rent. Or just living, or anything else. Um, prost- yeah, prostitutes from paradise. They don't come cheap, <laughs> even with the ten percent discount. What is the going rate? Expensive. <laughs> uh, we've also got. You can go on the website stickaroundpodcast.com. We've got a new picture up now. James Flux has joined the crew. Ooh. Now, uh, in a pictorial pictorial format, not just his voice. So he's, there's a picture of him up there. If you've always wondered what, how small he actually is, <laughs> you can now investigate. 
That's me. Uh, so we're just missing <laughs> we're just missing Josh now. So next stick around event he'll have to make an appearance, otherwise I'll never get a picture up. So I never noticed that Al uh, was so short. <laughs> Um, I think I am. I seem to be hugging into Clive in it, so I think I'm maybe <laughs> looking shorter than I actually am. But yeah, sure, that's what it is. It's not that you're actually exactly as tall as Flux, but have a massive bouffant quiff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I am definitely the second shortest person there. We have to be a very tall podcast. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Um, have I missed anything? That's where I have. I don't think. I don't think so. Oh, Facebook.com/slash/stickaroundpodcast. Ah. Like yeah. us on that. Give us the old thumbs up. And don't forget if to not. subscribe on iTunes. Give us five-star reviews. Yeah, definitely. And subscribe on whatever I um, Whatever got. podcast app of choice. Yeah. My personal is... Um, I've forgotten the name of it, so I was going to plug it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we will be back next time, finally, with uh, our top five music of the year. Um, probably, yeah, our final probably, top five so, list. Pr- probably sometime in about August. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we can get the schedule together, but you will Maybe get it eventually. It is, it is the hardest one to organise. It is, yeah. Bloody hell! Slippery um, Yeah, thanks. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening. It's been a splendid coming in your ears yet again. Oh God, lovely. Seaman. Distinct lack of semen on the pod. Distinct yeah, lack. I don't know about that. On that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell we've been sticking around and you've been, you been fabulous simply the best this <laughs> is going to be a feature bam, 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 better than all the rest bam, 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 oh, Cable's literally just farted don't stick around stick around stick around definitely going to have come out in the recording of bloody loud stick around Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around